Aloha Maui Nui. Hey, this is Josh Porter here. Jason Burkhardt, how you doing? This is the Solar Coaster, episode number 34. 34. And it's the end of the year. It's the end of the year. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. Hope you're having a great holiday out there. Uh, this is a great this is a great kind of fun show concept that we got going here, uh, guys. Uh, we're going to be uh, working on a year-end recap today, which is a kind of a new thing, right? Yeah, I think a lot of people are doing this these days. It's almost like a clip show, except <laughs> we've got so much information to, to regurgitate. So it was fun. We kind of went through this really cool kind of uh, top 10 thing that we're going to do. And uh, we also had some really interesting news over the week. So we had news regarding community solar and we've got a great call in from melissa uh, miyashiro from the blue planet foundation so we're yep. gonna hear from her uh and it's gonna be a really fun episode number 34 of the solar coaster yeah so stick around stoked. yeah to get into Very it cool. to get into it so we are the solar coaster here get some housekeeping out of the way uh we're a, a renewable energy themed talk show uh right here at kao 1110 am uh in lovely maui county it can also be heard uh at 96.7 fm central maui 96.5 fm west side 98.7 fm up country Collins are welcome 808-242-7800 that's 808-242-7800 do give us a call say hi let us know what's up and what's going on in your mind yeah and, questions and comments on solar or renewables or just the show in general let us know uh we can also find us of course at our website solar-coaster.com has a uh, new stream uh the video youtube video stream you can come in and actually right. sit in the studio with us right now everybody wave hey, hey there we are um Streaming live, you can get the audio stream there as well, and all our past shows. And that's that's the real draw. Is you got all these all these previous shows that have tons and tons of content. 34, 33, 34 shows now. Thirty four uh, shows that are yeah. that are all chocked full of interesting information. If you're into renewable energy at all, go check it out. Yeah, there's some pretty good content there. You know, we were going over it ourselves oh, to get the show together, and uh, we kind of were like, oh yeah, I remember that that yep, thing. You know, yep. <laughs> so we are sponsored by a uh, great comp- great stable of companies: Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric. America, Sonam Battery, and Pika Energy. So hey, thank, thank you, you so sponsors. Much. Do appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, you got, kept us, us going. Here. Kept us going. And uh, we can be found on iTunes and uh, various podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn are carrying the shows right now. We're getting a little bit of feedback here or there. We get a, a like here or there, a share here or there. A it's comment, always nice to see right? that somebody actually actually did. If you if you do watch the show, you do like the content. Please press the button so we can yeah. uh, know that you're out there. Yeah, and then we, you know <laughs> we're getting some reviews and things of that nature as well too, which is really fun. So um, something new. Very shortly. Whoa, the news. We're right on the news. We're on the news. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we got a cool news and events section today. That's our news uh, uh, music right there. We're going to jump right into that and get started. We're actually going to get our call in in the the news section. Right. Right, So uh, let's chat a little bit about what's going on. We got gems. What's going on with gems these days? First of all, define gems. You were talking to me about it before the show. Yeah. Um, It is the Green Energy Market Securitization or GEMS program. Yeah, so GEMS... What does that mean? Well, geez, I don't know. GEMS is basically a financing program that was supposed to be really great, right? Mm-hmm. And it was provided and subsidized in some way by the state. And we, um, you know, as an installer, we knew we had this great kind of 20-year lending program with very low dealer fees, very reasonable interest rates. And But GEMS was very difficult to apply from a practical perspective, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, I think it would, you know, when I, when I think about it, I found it to be just difficult to get people through the system at the end right, of the day. Right, right. And so GEMS has had some changes to it. Uh, effectively, we, we're seeing some, uh, some some redirection of that money or some, some potentially shutting that down, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, basically. Um, redirects money generated from the repayment of loans issued by the uh, to, um, to reduce the loan amount available to residential and 
commercial, so both residential and commercial customers. Yeah, so there's like a $150 million clean energy loan program. Things are changing with GEMS. Not surprised uh, to see that happen. Well, if it's difficult to work with, they're going to restructure it to yeah. make it better. You know, <laughs> and they're talking about, you know, their, 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 um, their, their costs of running that program were in the millions, right? Gotcha. Okay. Uh, wait. Yeah, we have, a, we, have a, we have a caller. Oh, uh, my goodness. we got a caller. Okay, let's take yeah. it. we got to prioritize this. Absolutely. So a caller has a question about net metering. Let's hear from them. How you doing? You're on the solar coaster. Hey, how you doing this morning? All Good right. Good afternoon, actually. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for calling um, in. What can we? Uh, how, what, what kind of question do you have? Thanks for, uh, yeah. Basically, I just bought another house. I, mm-hmm. had a, I had a house. I had solar on it, and I was I had net energy metering, and, uh, you know, they paid for, you know, 50%. Um, I had the 50%, uh, uh, you know, Obama when, when he was there, I guess, uh, had that thing where... The tax credit? Uh, tax credit. Right. Now, is that, is that, now what, I bought this house, is it worth doing it again? Do I get the 50% tax credit? Yeah, yes. you're in the so same yeah, boat that I am. Hearing? Yeah, you're in yeah. the same boat that I am. Uh, so the word on the street is you can, if yeah. you do, if you replace the system, you can again take the take the tax credit, uh, which is a big positive. Uh, the you are a true NEM customer. Are you sure about that? Because that's that's the good one there, where you're actually getting a retail rate for energy produced. Um, the, no, I was in that energy metering. Oh, okay. My old house. Okay, so, so what, what I heard here was that you had an old house, you had NEM, you bought a new house, and you're wondering if you should put solar on it again. Is that right? Right. So I still get the 50% of this. Yeah. Price, still get so, energy and, and you're living here in Maui County. Is that right? You're in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, basically, and, and just to, to give the, uh, the, the necessary uh, caveat here, we are not tax pro- professionals and we can't legally give tax <laughs> advice. That being said, uh, I, I, there is the 30% federal ITC or the investment tax credit. 50%. Well, it's 30% on the federal side, and it's 35% oh, yeah. on the state side. So the con- But 35% on the state side with a caveat, right? That caveat is that it is capped based on system size. So the bottom line is you will probably end up with about 50%, which is what you're talking about. And the answer to your question is, uh, thank- thankfully, it hasn't changed yet. So we're in, you're in solid shape as far as the tax credits are concerned, and I would definitely encourage you to consider getting a solar system. And if you do, make sure it has a battery because there's no point in putting, doing solar without batteries <laughs> oh, at this point. Yeah, I didn't have the battery in the left. Is, is that, so the net energy metering has gone away then. So NEM itself, that particular utility program, is no, it's fully subscribed. That program is over. There's a handful of new programs in the kind of in the, the docket right now. It's ready to be released. Uh, they're called CGS Plus, CSS. Uh, and Smart Export. Those are the three new programs that are kind of pending at the moment. And CGS Plus is one that you can do without batteries. But the actual kind of parameters of it with the utility haven't been art- have been really clearly articulated. Uh, CSS you can do pretty much right now, and that's P- that's solar with batteries, right? And that's what most people are kind of entertaining at the moment. Smart Export is a program that's pending, and that's about that program kind of takes CSS to the next level, saying you can export and get compensated from the grid with your batteries. But so with the battery- it doesn't. It doesn't make it necessary anyway. If you get the battery, what's the question? So with the, if you get the, if you get the battery, it doesn't. That energy meter is not going to matter. Basically. Exactly right. So it's it's an alternative to working with NEM. 
right? And you're effectively producing energy, using energy, yeah, as, in, in a, as opposed to them where you would be backfading and getting credits, now you're a, a managing that energy yourself with your own energy storage system. So How much that's, are those batteries now? Are they getting cheaper? They are getting cheaper, and if you and at the tail end of the show, we're going to touch base on what we expect to happen in 18 with pricing, so I'd encourage you to listen in through that. But, you know, we have seen price declines. A lot of that has to do with the electric vehicle market because mm-hmm. there's so much this kind of burgeoning electric vehicle market where uh, energy storage prices are coming down. So, But the installation costs of these are significant. You want to, When you put these in, you want to be able to put in PV, solar, and the batteries at the same time so you can take you know uh, more tax credits on as much as possible yeah. that you have to check with your accountant on so hey i really yeah, appreciate do you, do you suggest a solar water heater as well always yeah oh, i mean o- almost if, across if you the don't board. have it now you want it <laughs> yeah there are very few scenarios where getting a solar hot water heater is not the first step and and the ones that are it is not the first step is when you have such a small amount of hot water use that maybe an on-demand might make more sense, right? Sure. But it's it, that's really kind of like the guy that takes like you know, <laughs> it's like it doesn't use much hot water. Yeah, that's that's a shack somewhere. <laughs> if you live in the house, you're gonna want it. Hey, I really appreciate the call. Uh, you hey, know, no if one more thing, real quick, and then I'll get off. Sorry, nope. sorry, no, sorry, no, no worries. We're here for you. If I if I if I get the battery. Does that mean I can get off the grid completely? Ah, grid defection. Okay, yeah, we were talking about this this morning. Um, you can. Uh, the, the issue there is that you, you you give up a little bit. I mean, the, the security of being connected to the grid, if you already have a grid connection, I don't think I would, I don't think I would give it up. Yeah, it, yeah no, no. For, I, for 99% you just of the gotta, time. You, you just pay the minimum, whatever, 19 bucks a month. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, my bill is Here's the thing. Like it, it, is, it, is theor- like, it is technically, theoretically possible to grid the fact. You could do yeah. that. Yeah. But it, it, I think that the people that will do that are few and far between right now just based on costing. Costing is changing. So I know people could actually afford to do that. Some people that I know could be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll do it, right? Yep. But the, but it is, a, it is a big investment because the, inf- the infrastructure you need, the type of technical infrastructure you need to do that is just kind of very robust, right? A, a technology that would allow you to actually grid effect right now or kind of step step in that direction would be something like the uh, radiant inverter and the blue ion uh, 2.0 mm-hmm. uh, from Blue Planet Energy. And we're actually going to get a call in from Blue Planet today. Uh, so that's a technology that's robust enough to fully grid defect at the end of the day. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You bet. No thanks for the call. Listening. We appreciate it. Wow, Very that's cool. great. I All love right. getting calls. Man. That's neat. <laughs> so we're, okay. we're going to flow right through this uh, quickly with our, our news and events. So gems we covered. Yep. Ta- um, yeah. Hawaii claiming almost $100 million in tax credits. This is actually data from 2015, but $100 million claimed in those tax credits that he was just talking about. This is just the state side. Right. That's just what the so caller just, R-E-T-T-C. was asking about. Um, yeah, 34, 32.4% of all tax credits distributed by the state. <laughs> that's just huge. Yeah, so we got so, people are utilizing this tax credit that yeah. that's that 35 percent capped under certain you know certain sizes for different types of renewable energy systems and uh effectively uh but one, one of the things that was in this article I, I encourage you to take a look at it specific business news uh marco mangelsdorf we hear about him a lot from the big island he's mm-hmm. an installer he's talking about hey well people may view this as a negative because those are diver- or lost revenue tax revenue right but in actuality there's a tremendous value in there and he says the installation of hundreds of megawatts of installed solar capacity has reduced the importation of fossil fuels, of course, yep. by millions of gallons for a state that uses more oil in our power plants than the entire rest of the country. Yep. 
Well, we're all diesel. So I yes. think that's good. I think that's a <laughs> there's good a lot, thing. There's a lot of coal on mainland. We don't have coal. And just so. as, just before we move out of this one, I thought one of the other things that was interesting in this article that Hawaii has the third largest solar capacity per capita in the U.S. Okay, I knew that, but I did, never heard it this way with 472 watts per person. Yep. So each of us has 472 go. watts of solar. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, let's move into our big uh, kind of focus in the news uh, here: the, the community solar. This is a big deal, right? We got some amazing stuff going on. There's an article uh they're all over the web basically the community solar program from the puc was kind of authorized right Mm -hmm. and uh there's one in civil beat from 12 uh uh, was it uh the 12th i think uh will renters soon power their apartments with solar but this is much bigger than that question you know effectively people that uh may not have access to being able to put in solar or miss some of these programs they're now going to have access to this community solar program the community this they call it the c what is it again the cb what is it again jonah the crb CBRE? CBRE. CBRE yep. is the acronym, right? So um, this notion has been floating around with you know around Hawaii for probably five or six years. Uh, and one of the primary architects of this is the Blue Planet Foundation, mm-hmm. uh, Hank Rogers Blue Planet Foundation. Uh, and we actually are fortunate enough to have a call-in from Melissa Miyashiro, I hope I pronounced that correctly, uh, to hear all about community solar. And we're super excited about this. Melissa, are you there? I'm here, yes. Hello. Fantastic. Thank you so much for calling in. Hey, aloha, Melissa. Aloha. So, uh, Melissa, thank you so much for calling in. You know, the Solar Coaster is a, is basically a program that we, we have a solar-focused kind of talk show going every week here in Maui County. And we like, we cover all kinds of tech and community-oriented content areas. And when we saw what was going on with, uh, with Community Solar, we get really excited because this discussion has been going on for a while, right? Right. Yeah, this is a big deal, and this is a this has been a priority for Blue Planet Foundation for over half a decade. So we've been advocating for this since at least 2013. So wow. it's exciting to see it finally getting off the ground. Nice work, nice work, and thank you to everybody out there for all your hard work on that. I know this is something that has been, uh, you know, long in coming. And so, can you give us a sense of of what this is? Just kind of because I think people hear it, even in the solar industry, we say it and we kind of go, oh, I don't even know what that really means sometimes. Right, right. So, can you give us a sense for what community solar is all about and kind of how it got started and how we got to this place here? Yeah, so community solar, it's often referred to as, um, you know, shared renewables, but it's essentially, uh, we like to think of it as like a solar garden. So for individuals that don't have single family homes or don't have a a suitable roof, live in condos, are renters, um, which we estimate to be about 50% of uh, the folks in Hawaii, um, up until now, these folks haven't been able to participate in renewable energy. So the, the general idea is that customers can now subscribe to a solar project that's located elsewhere, so it doesn't have to be on their roof, and they would receive a credit for the energy um, that those panels uh, produce. They would receive that credit on their electric bill. So just as if the panels were located on their own roof, um, right. they get that credit and are able to save energy and able to be a part of this 100% renewable energy goal that we have as a state. It's wonderful, you know, to th- in terms of people being able to participate in this program, right? Because right. we all want to be a part of this. I mean, I think, and and but but when I when I try to envision it, I go, well, what does that look like? Are people buying? I mean, my first couple thoughts I have in my mind are: Are people buying into these systems? Are they? Are they subscribing on like almost like a, a utility are, rate structure? Are they, are they renting it? Is it are, you know, how, <laughs> renting your house and renting renting yeah. some time on some solar panels? I, I'm trying to get a sense for how that looks on a bill, for example. And it probably maybe it's not developed yet. But you have, is do you know how, like how that's actually going to take shape? 
The specific details aren't quite ironed out. Um, so last week, the PUC issued a decision that's directing Hawaii's electric companies to implement this program and come up with the details. So they have about 60 days to right. um, kind of work out the details. The commission gave them some guidelines for what they want to see in the program. So those kind of details about, you know, specifically how to how to sign up and um, a little bit more about exactly what that credit looks like on your bill will be forthcoming. Gotcha. Okay. Do gotcha. we do we do we know what kind of level that credit is going to be? I mean, we're not talking the return of NEM for renters. It's not going to be a retail mm-hmm. kind of credit. <laughs> you, no. So the the commission did outline. Um, they you know they did set that rate, mm-hmm. and they've done that. That's part of kind of the the guiding the the guiding principles that they gave to the utility uh, to implement this program. So the way that the commission has structured it is in two phases. So the first phase is really a you know trial phase. Um, it, it's somewhat limited, more limited than we had wanted to see as Blue Planet Foundation, um, but it, it's capped at eight megawatts, and they have um, you know fixed uh, credit rates for that, and it varies by island. Um, so it doesn't vary by time of day, which is something that um, the commission wants to see in, in phase two. Um, so the credit rates for um, so for Oahu, it's uh, 15 cents um, for both uh, Maui and um, Hawaii Island. Oh, I'm sorry, um, for Hawaii Island, it's 15, uh, 15 cents, and then Maui 16.5. 16.5, and that's a yeah. credit. So like, uh, that's not mm-hmm. the tariff rate like for what you pay for energy. That's a credit that you would get for the solar that's being produced. Is that correct? Correct. Gotcha. And and these rates were designed to be kind of comparable to other you know, existing programs that are out there. Okay, so there's some method of uh, being able to gain ownership or participation in this particular physical solar farm that's on your sector, right? And then you are able to gain credits for your proportioned area in the in the amount of 16.5%, 16.5 cents Sense. for Maui. And then that would, then there'd be some kind of an accounting theoretically, Well, you right? take your 33 cents and subtract the 16 and a half and you- There you go. For the rate. <laughs> and then you have some form of a reduced bill. Does that yeah. sound about right, Melissa? Yeah. yeah? And okay. again, kind of the, the specific details are forthcoming, but that's the gist of it. Gotcha. Okay, that actually helps me get my head around a little bit better. Yeah. So, and then what I also noticed, which was I thought was interesting, is that there was this discussion about the utilities' uh, ownership of those uh, systems uh, that are that are will be developed. So we've got uh, is it seventy two megawatts in total over the three phases? Is that correct? Um, yeah. So eight in phase one and sixty four in phase two. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And phase three is not defined yet, or something. No, yeah, just the two phases. Um, so again, phase one is kind of the trial period, and the commission will be reviewing, um, kind of, you know, gauging lessons learned to inform more specifics about phase two. Right, and then so I noticed that it said, uh, like, in I, forget, I guess this article here, uh, Hico can't develop community solar farms during the first the program's first year-long phase, right? And the idea, the order says, is to develop a market of private energy producers to supplement the electricity produced by Hawaii Solar. Power monopoly. This is right out of that article. So, um, do do you see this being an opportunity for developers to come in and actually, you know, create these solar farms on these specific sectors? Yeah, absolutely. And in this non-utility participation is something that we, Blue Planet, had advocated for um, as part of this nice proceeding. Job. So we were really happy to see that piece. Um, you know, and I think that's the right approach to kind of get this thing off the ground in phase one is to really to develop that market. Because that's ultimately 
what we want to see and what will determine the success of the program is, you know, are people, um, are developers uh, wanting to develop these projects and are people wanting to participate? That's very exciting. It's, it's great work. And, you know, we're so, uh, I really can't say thank you enough for uh, the, the work that Blue Planet Foundation has done. And there's, you guys have been involved in so much in the kind of implementation of the renewable energy, you know, ramp up really over the last decade. We learned a little bit from you know some other uh, you know friends of ours that, that are familiar with you guys. Um, it says that 2,500 customers um, on that first phase could potentially, first phase limit to eight megawatts or about 2,500 customers. That could be very interesting to see those first 2,500 customers figure out this is something they want to do, sign on, and then go through the process of having it developed and implemented. It yeah, it'll be definitely a, be the early adopter folks, Yeah, but uh, they're going to shape the future for all renters in the state. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And that's, if you're interested in this, look up the look up the uh, the program. Participate; it'll be worth it. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Um, so, and so we were about sixty days out, Melissa. And then, um, is there anything else that you would you would want to share about this to help us, maybe our, our listeners, gain better clarity on this this program? Um, I, I think we covered the basics. It'd be good to you know kind of keep keep folks informed and, and kind of stay tuned as the, the details develop. Um, mm -hmm. So this is really kind of just phase, again, phase one and, and step one, and the program will be evolving. Um, and I, you know, I think long term, the PUC is really looking at ways to align community renewables with kind of the broader goals of supporting the grid. Um, but those will all be in phase two. But this has a, a real potential to be very synergistic with, uh, you know, this grid of the future and the utility of the future that we're all kind of looking ahead, ahead towards. Absolutely. And one question, I don't know if you even know this or not, um, is, is storage part of these installations? Good question, yeah. Yeah, they could be. So in phase one, uh, the technology is limited to uh, solar PV. Mm -hmm. uh, but in phase two, there are different classifications of facilities. Right. So there's actually um, a category in phase two called um, PEAKER, Community-Based Renewable Energy. Oh, wow. And those facilities, um, there's an allotment for a number of facilities that have to, um, or, you know, capacity that has to, to meet that requirement. But they have to deliver 85% of their production during non-peak hours. Wow, right. nice. Yeah, that's, or on-peak hours. That's, that's So that's 5 p.m. Cool. to 10 p.m. Right. Whoa. Yeah, I'm, th I'm thinking of at the Kauai installation that they just uh -huh. turned turned on. That's uh -huh. a, they. Obviously, rolled out a whole lot of solar, but also the storage to support it during right. non-production time, right. which, and, which and ran, and is going to be a concern. And apparently, <laughs> there's going to be a Kauai version of this as well for the Kauai, for the cooperative out there. Right. Uh, Randy Randy Yawase mentioned that I think in this article. Right. So, our, the, one last question, Melissa: Do you do you um, are there is there precedent for this, or is this kind of the first time this has happened in this way? Uh, I saw some you know like nodes of conversations about community solar around the world. Um, how groundbreaking is this in terms of you know what's going on in the nation or the globe? Well, this is this has gained traction um, all over the nation, and Hawaii's a little bit kind of late to the game now. <laughs> so uh, Minnesota has a pretty robust program, and theirs was actually founded um, or established by legislation the same year as Hawaii's, so in 2015. Um, but in there, a, a little farther along in the process, we, we took a little bit longer. Um, but then Colorado also has a um, emerging right. strong program. So this is happening other places. So Hawaii's, um, you know, finally in the game. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I, I can't thank you enough. It's really been great to, to hear directly from the architects of this program about how this operates. We really look forward to covering this uh, in the upcoming period of time, for sure, throughout 2018. Uh, this is your, would you like to give a plug for the Blue Planet Foundation? You want to say anything about your organization? 
Yeah, just that we, you know, are always trying to help Hawaii get to 100% clean energy faster. And, um, you know, we're a mission-driven nonprofit. We're based in Honolulu. Um, we're a, a small staff of 10 of, of really passionate, creative people. Um, and folks can learn more at BluePlanetFoundation.org. Absolutely. So go check them out, yeah. BluePlanetFoundation.org. Thank you again so much, Melissa, yeah, for the call Yeah, stick with in. us, Melissa. We'll uh, <laughs> revisit this in 60 days. <laughs> all right. All right. Good. Thanks so Thank much. you much. All really right. appreciate Happy it. Happy New Year. Bye now. All right. So we'll uh, do some commercials, and then we'll be back with our uh, year in review. All right. Aloha, and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Tabuchi Electric. A leading worldwide inverter manufacturer presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tabuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tabuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Battery Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. All right, our great uh, sponsorship group of companies. These guys keep us on the air. Thank you again for uh, your support, and you've gotten us through 2017. Yeah, an entire year. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. So we had a, a cool year, Jay. It was really an interesting experience. Neither of us hosted a radio show before. Yep, started from zero. Right, <laughs> and and we uh, we got 34 shows under our belt. So and we kind of no, no end in sight right now. We got some great shows planned for 2018. We got a roster of amazing guests coming up. Yep. Right. Uh, honestly, the list keeps growing. <laughs> Just this morning, we came up with a whole other topic for right. another show. Good stuff, uh, and really, I'm, we're, meet, we're meeting some remarkable people. So, you know, when we were talking about this with Jonah today, or you know, last yesterday as well, we we're like, what, you know, what would be a w good way to wrap up the show for the end of the year? And we were like, well, let's do a year in review. I think that was your suggestion, Jay. Yeah, yeah. and it's, um, it's pretty common to hear people doing this this time of year. Yeah, um, but it's it's really really appropriate in this setting where we have so much information coming at you so fast let's take a second to 
look at where we've been and then we can turn around and say what does 2018 look like and there have been so many great guests over the course of six (laughs) months or nine months or however long it's been so they've said some really cool things so we'd like to share them with you that 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 is that is what this is all about so here's our segment the coolest quotes and things we've heard throughout the year (laughs) (laughs) so let's start out with number uh number one uh, number 10 we're gonna go from number 10 it's it's a 10 it's a top 10 10 10 countdown right (laughs) right so uh let's do number 10 so number 10 i'll I'll do number 10 okay? okay so um Tabuchi, the um, the uh, the owner and the president, of the, or the president of the company, Harumi, uh, uh, Harumi-san, yep. right? Yep. Uh, episode nineteen, um, we learned the lesson about the dangers of too rapid growth of solar because of the earthquake disaster in Fukushima. She said in our interview in SBI. I think, yeah, right? this was this was a really honest and heartfelt conversation. They were talking about what had happened there, how they want to share what they've learned with the people in Hawaii. Um, they've developed their products specifically to combat some of these problems that they really ran into. Um, but like I said, it was it was very legit. You get a sense of, of these people really wanting to do the right thing. Yeah, and and it was it was so impactful for me. Yeah, I remember hearing that and, and really feeling that it was heartfelt. Right? Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, we both have experience in Japan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, you know, when Fukushima happened, there was a complete, like, summary shutdown of all nuclear power. Right. right? And this is a, a, a nation that has, I think, the mo- most nuclear power per capita in the world. Yep. And so there, are, and, and all of a sudden, there's a major energy shortage. Yep. And people are, you know, uh, conserving all the air conditioning units and buildings Pe- are shut people down. People came people. together. Air conditioning shut down. I went. You I went. There, right? I went shortly after. Yeah. And you go into uh, department stores, and like half the lights are off. The escalators Unheard are shut down. Event, you know? Yeah, it just doesn't doesn't happen. And and everything was so everybody was conserving. I think the only the only place you could find air conditioning was in your car. And I, so, so I did see and some people, people idling on the side of the street just to get some relief in but the appa- middle of summer. But apparently there was a somewhat of a solar uh, expansion during that period. I'm not familiar with the numbers right. on that, but that that could be a similar the, the consequence of very quickly deploying a lot of solar to a grid that's not a, not ready for it can be problematic. As you know, we've been over a 10 year period. We've gotten up towards you know uh, 20 25 percent adoption rate of on, of solar and 35% renewables and you know in general and something like that and so we know what it's like to have the, that destabilization of the grid so yep. apparently there was a similar experience in Japan and uh, and Harumi-san was speaking to that in that quote from uh, from back in Vegas in SBI Yep, really, really important. Uh, same thing. We saw the same uh, kind of information coming out of Germany as well. They had a massive growth of solar. Um, and actually, the next uh, quote, number nine from Sonnen Battery, um, is if, if you go to the German website, it shows a live update of the power that is being transferred in real time. Now, this is really cool because they've now kind of surmounted their their rapid growth of solar issues and have created this whole uh, virtual what they call the VPP the virtual power plant experience where you are a producer of energy you store your energy in the, the Sonnen battery system and then you're allowed to put it out on a, a, a marketplace yeah online and and share your power or sell your power I think it, it is a sell buy and sell situation uh, but it's all um, what they call blockchain architecture, which is the massively distributed, you're familiar with Bitcoin, that's that's the that, word that same thing. But the word blockchain really is a, a much more broader 
sense of, of an internet that is distributed across everything. So it's no longer like I have one copy of a Word document, and if I mm -hmm. want you to edit it, I send it to you, but then I have to wait because you're going to change something. I can't change anything else because mm -hmm. when you send me a new copy back, um, it's going to erase all my changes. This so is what that term means? this is what the blockchain mm -hmm. actually is. Oh, no so way. so when you're someone, so like when you're Google talking Google about sheet. essentially Google, Google <laughs> Sheets is, is built on <laughs> blockchain architecture. Well, I would have done, finally understood. I'm getting what we're there. Relax. <laughs> I'm getting there. Now I'm starting to okay. understand. <laughs> that's, that's that's all it is. It's this massively distributed system. But then all those those um, changes and things can be validated because they come from they're time stamped. They come from a single node. They're propagated. If you want to check and see if this uh -huh, this okay. is if this was if this change is valid, yeah. then you actually check with other nodes in the network and compare the changes in the timestamps, validate that that transaction gotcha. actually happened, gotcha. and then you can make you can update the change and be sure that it's right. But then you, I mean the hackers can't get in and change one one copy because it would be invalidated so immediately. What I'm hearing is kind of like a, like to simplify this in layman's language, it's kind of like a so it's like a, a lot of redundancy here, right? Okay, massive redundancy, massive redundancy, millions say, millions of systems. BPP is this really uh, kind of exciting language. The virtual power plant mm -hmm. is the language we hear in the industry, right? Yeah. And 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 uh, Sonin definitely has kind of done a lot of the cutting edge work on that. Right. right. So yeah. They've got it deployed in Germany. There's a lot going on there. And then there's this quote. I know that Jonas Dynas asked one right here, right? <laughs> yeah, Go this is it, nine man. Baker. Go. <laughs> Honing the edge of the tip of the spear that's of a, the yeah, battery that's industry. That's, a, that's Greg Smith. That's, uh, Greg, the wordsmith, Smith. Yeah, there you <laughs> He's go. Got that's the a language. good one. He was really good at it. <laughs> From um, Sonin. As well. Yeah. Uh, fantastic guy. And and that's really what they're doing. I and mean, when you talk about bleeding edge, I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're beyond it, you know. Haven't Absolutely. Been, haven't been touched by it yet. Well, and let's let's give Jonah a shot yeah. here at number eight. Should we okay. do number eight? Okay. Yeah, go right ahead. Okay, this one came from the VP of Engineering at Blue Ion, Blue Planet, Kyle Bolger, and he said, "Just like the fuel gauge in your car, you don't have to call your mechanic to figure out if your fuel tank is full or empty. We have a huge level of clarity." That's uh, Kyle Bolger, real smart guy. That was a cool episode. Uh, you know, for me, that was really just a matter of, hey, there's a lot of, uh, there, 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 some of these systems can be very complex, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if in, but if you think about it, with our cars, they're complex machines, but we don't need to know how everything works inside that car. Most people <laughs> right. don't. You turn, right? turn key, start driving. <laughs> there's an analog sig signal that shell tells us, is our battery full or is our car tank full? Right. It's very easy to visually understand how much energy is in our car. And we're acquainted with and, that. And so what Kyle's talking about here is creating that same visual stimulus that you can really quickly understand how much energy is in your battery. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I think we're going to have to have these systems move towards, right? They need to be uh, easy to use, easy to understand. Uh, they need to be they need to work consistently. We can't, you know, it's got to be. And we like the idea of these kind of systems where every, everything kind of uh, comes from one company. Too, yeah, and it's, those those are always the best right now where, where it's this kind of integrated ecosystem. Mm -hmm. You have the battery, you have the inverters. They all because there's no barriers to the engineers talking from one company to another. They're all they're all on the same team. Um, right. They can really, really integrate these nice and tight. Um, but but the thing is exactly what he was talking about. These systems need to be really transparent uh, like the Tabuchi one has that little panel that sits mm. on your wall. You can literally watch the little lines like flow in and out. There's a green light and a red light. Yeah. Yeah. You're and optimizing or you're not. Right. You're, like yeah, you, are, you are or you aren't. Um, and the same thing, you don't want these meters on the battery itself because most people put them in the garage or mm -hmm. <laughs> right. outside or somewhere else. I'm not going to walk out to the garage to figure out what the system's doing. I'd love to have one on my wall. Right. Um, I don't know how I feel about having it on my phone, but 
I like it on my phone. Okay. Well, you're That's about. pretty interesting. <laughs> you can check your phone to see yeah. how much energy you have in your battery. I would yeah, like it on, I would like it on my phone like if I could. Blue yeah, I would like it on my phone if I could push the button and say, turn off energy to my kids' video well, game we'll thing. There. Go do homework. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Fully <gotta> manageable <laughs> from your mobile device. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, but, you know, when, but just to, to, to cap that off with uh, Blue Eye, and then we're trying to move fast, but really a remarkable technology, uh, you know, modular in nature. So having a right. good, good clarity on how your battery is operating and how it's working not only in a given moment with that gauge concept but also over time allows for that information to be there and you go hey do I really do I need uh, do I need more solar do I need more battery am I good where I'm at that the, the transparency there I think these guys are making a lot of progress on and you've got a system that is basically it's it I mean it's on grid but it's basically off-grid technology they're using the outback radium inverters mm -hmm. super robust technology we just mentioned that to the, the caller a moment ago so if you want to cut the cord you know that's the kind of technology that lets you do that so you can right. actually kind of like go one step oh, do I like being off-grid yeah I want, I want yeah. to be on grid I'm not sure yeah. let me see push, right. push the button pull that knife switch and then uh, <laughs> and wait wait a week see what you see that, what you think but that's the type of system that'll be able to get you there to be able to accomplish that yeah. right right yeah. there's and there's there's very few of those right now most of them is kind of one of the only ones that I'm really comfortable with at the moment so yeah. let's go to number 7 what do you say gentlemen okay. is this uh so 7 this is really cool this was the one system uh for episode number 27 uh, David Chang uh, from LG Electronics says, as LG Electronics, we are working on an energy storage solution. It's going to involve LG Chem's batteries, inverter, and, P and PCS will be manufactured by LG Electronics. We'll have an integrated solution. Okay. That was a little investigative journalism, I think, on my part. Was yeah. <laughs> yeah. You uncovered a scoop, the buddy. It was pretty Scooping obvious. Up. They've got this one hole in their product line, and they cannot not be aware. You know, they're, they're, sure. they're, they're going to be looking at it. Um, but again, these, these are, those, again, those systems that we like that are tightly integrated, that really have a massive amount of optimization. The only way to get that right now is to buy a full set. Mm -hmm. You can't buy the battery from LG Chem and buy... Um, inverters from Enphase and expect them to talk to each other right. at any reasonable level. I mean, you could probably make it work, but it's uh, not, it's it not, work, yeah, but it's not going <laughs> to be optimal in any, well, in any sense. Well, well, I mean, what I found really interesting about this is that LG Electronics, they, uh, they make the PV, right? Yep. LG Chem makes the batteries. Yep. So LG Electronics, there's two separate companies, but they're basically sister companies, yep. right? Under one umbrella. Correct. LG Electronics makes a market dominant solar panel. Yep. The, uh, the LG Neon R, Right with the backside plate, uh, the zero you know metal paste on the front, 100% silicon real estate being absorbing photons, creating boatloads of electrons moving and, and all the juice you get. 365, 370 watts he even he he, he mentioned. Yep. That, that's an awesome panel. That's the that's kind of the, the 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 you know the Ferrari right now, right? Yeah. It's, yep. it's the for lack of a better, we always Americans love car analogies, right? Yeah. <laughs> so and and then on the on the the the. Um, the storage side of the fence, you got the LG Chem 10H Resu that's out here, and it's a pretty dominant storage uh, system in terms of price, performance, warranties, a lot of the characteristics. LG Chem is a proper chemical company. Yeah, they make the batteries. They don't go, hey, can you can I get a battery? And then right, they're not licensing I, them from anybody not, yeah. else. They yeah. come out of LG. So you got kind of these two dominant technologies. When I think about the system, I think of it like physically where it's at in the house, up on the roof, and maybe in the garage. Yep. <laughs> and then, yep. but there's a, something in the middle between that, and that's or, or something alongside of that, I should say, depending mm -hmm. on how this is, the, the system is made, and that's the inverter, right? Yep. 
And so it's like, well, why don't you guys make an inverter? And Jay pulls that out, <laughs> and they're like, hmm, should we say it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> might as well. <laughs> and they did. So, so they might as well make great. an inverter. They might as well say it, and it might be here next year. No, we don't. Yeah, know. I'm excited <laughs> about that because you could have a real serious player. And I'm going to have to say my, my favorite little uh, phrase here. Uh, you got these great company, but then it's one neck to choke. There you go. You, right? like, you, like, you, like, you like that a lot. There's I, only well, one phone number you need to know. and As an installer, you're used to that, right? Right, so right. Gotta, well, not only that, but the individual products should talk to each other really well because they're coming yep. from the Nick, from yep. the same company. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. So very cool stuff there uh, back in episode 27. Number six, Okay, Jack? number six from Solar Edge. It's the first ever PV inverter with an integrated EV charger. It's kind of cool because it gives you really fast level two charge. On It's the fastest level two charger on the market, and you can run your car on sunshine. Wow. That's, that's the first time that you get a really good integrated level two and we, we went nuts when we saw this we at, so at intersolar because it's just i mean there's there's a thing that happens when you do inversion we talked about this before on other shows um where you're pulling that that energy off your roof in, in its dc um we'll just have to do a show and explaining that but it comes out in right. dc comes in a certain form it's dc and you actually invert it to ac to charge something um run your house even if you don't have a local battery in your house um and then back to dc again so you have another dc charger to charge the car so there's there's losses there and then the more the more times you know most situations you you end up with like double digit losses yeah not small like 10 plus percent uh losses which just means that whatever size array you have is effectively 10 percent smaller right Right. you (laughs) could you could do a 10 percent smaller or you can get 10 percent more energy either way but the um to be able to piggyback the in, the uh, charger right in the inverter allows them to go straight DC to DC. You don't have those losses. Not only that, they can push a lot more power just straight through. And so it's a fast, fast charger. It was really, really cool to see. Very cool. You can you can power it. It's also it. got one of those things on the wall where you can watch the car charge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. was really neat. Well, and just just as a small talking point here, it's from Lior Handelsman, a really uh, nice fella and very smart. And uh, I thought it was kind of kind of the way solar edge rolls right mm-hmm. we were just getting into the mindset of how evs and renewables were about to kind of just collide tectonic <laughs> mountain building kind of crash you yep, know yep. and uh, they were right there yeah to, to to take it and i and i would say that was the show stealer right there that was the one that everyone was talking about i mean we saw it all over the web after inner solar i think it was in june or july we were there mm-hmm. Uh, in San Francisco, and that that was it's, it's just looks super cool too. They, yeah. their, their booth had like a little car front, like a little bug, you know, a Volkswagen bug. Yeah, it was just front. like a quarter panel of a car with yeah. the plug sticking out of it. It was really neat. Um, on that panel that they had on the wall, there was a button, and it says green. It was a nice green button, and it said solar only, so, yeah. which means that's that's the true red driving on sunshine right. button. Yeah. Running your you, car you, on it, sunshine. It, and I know I know some people that would be all over that. Oh yeah, they would be like I totally changed their yeah, lives like right. around the charging time frame <laughs> of their car. I got to yep. be home from 10 to 3 every day to charge my to car. To make sure it's charged. <laughs> right? It's fine. Well, I mean, the, the, generally speaking, we, the island isn't that large. So, I mean, you can you can charge your car and drive a couple times just as long as you're home one of those days. Right, <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. so that's number six. Very cool from Solar Edge. How about we go look at number five? Okay, I'll do this one. We got Doug McLeod, the renewable former re- renewable energy commissioner of Maui County. And he said, we're scared of, what in, of ending up like Germany. We don't want to have here in Hawaii, what we don't want to have here in Hawaii is we spend all this money on something called renewable energy and, uh uh-oh, what is it that, what is it that, 
What if, what if that wasn't dealing with climate change what issues at all? What if that wasn't dealing with climate change issues at all? That's a mouthful, that sentence. It right is. There, yeah, right? it really is. But, so, I mean, but, it's, but it's seriously deep. Um, yeah. What we're talking about, so of course, just talking about uh, Germany, um, not the influx of solar specifically, but shutting down all the, um, the nuclear plants. So, yeah, they, mm. they, they, you have this uh, you know, major expansion of solar. You mm. have a shutdown of the nuclear plants. And then you also have a adherence to the Kyoto Protocol. Right. Right. And so uh, what but what, what apparently what happened was there were some major issues with uh, the amount of CO2 uh, mm-hmm. you know, that being emitted. Right. Because they had to make up that that difference uh, with uh, different kinds of energy gen. So, you know, the concern here, really the concern here and Doug had said this at the tail end of this conversation uh, is he's like, Josh, do you really have a, a good sense for what the word renewables mean? Because renewables could be like, you know, burning like bagasse and then creating a whole bunch of CO2 in the air, right? Right. Well, that, that was the issue. That was the issue. And it's like just changing the form of energy generation doesn't necessarily reduce your overall carbon footprint. I and mean, just because right. just I mean, right. solar, we need to know um, where these man- panels are being manufactured, how they're being manufactured. If those factories that are cycle. cranking out and, yeah, what happens when we when we recycle them. But, but I mean, from <laughs> a solar panel perspective, we, I think we had a pretty the good solar panel's pretty that good, that but it's, it's a bad, it's a bad example. But what about all these car batteries? In 10 well, years, we're going to find out really, really hard batteries, what's going on. That's gonna be how do we <laughs> recycle those batteries? Right. Yeah. What happens? We, we just made another environmental disaster trying to be green. But And then Doug, <laughs> Doug also is the uh, chair of the Maui Renewable Energy Conference which is a remarkable uh, conference we have here every year. It's in March. And uh, that actually, the, the main topic of that conference this year is about decarbonization. Yep. So you're going to be addressing that issue right. head on. We look forward to covering that with uh, the Solar Coaster. Okay, yeah. so let's jump right on. Number four, is it my turn, guys? Sure. Uh, yeah. Ship. Oh, my goodness. This was just last week, right? <laughs> yep. uh, episode number 33. Yoshioka. Uh, Yoshioka-san. Yoshioka-tatsuya-san. Uh, already in marine transportation, CO2 production is quite huge. The same as Germany. Germany keeps coming up, right? A whole country production of CO2, it's the same. So literally, the marine industry, the shipping industry, the, the amount of CO2 that is emitted, and the types of CO2 is particularly like, kind of noxious as well. Right. The particulates and the hmm. sulfur and the and, and OX. Yeah, and heavy, heavy fuel. Uh, all that stuff is, is actually the same as the, a full country. Right, so it's pretty wow. uh, substantial. EcoShip has taken a stab at trying to come up with a, a solution to kind of model for the shipping industry. Take a stab at that. Seventeen percent of 17% all global was the number I CO2 emissions. Grew up. Yeah. yeah, from the shipping industry. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of CO2. All right. So number three, we're running out of time. We're gonna go fast. Um, Pika. Um, yeah, the Tesla dishwasher is the first thing that we'll be integrating. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, um, it was a joke. Um, they're really looking at, um, this is in reference to the uh, Rebus technology, which is uh, DC to DC appliances and data to allow those appliances to talk to each other. So you can literally have a refrigerator and a dryer and things, and they know when there's excess energy and they would use it appropriate. Like you can, you can freeze your freezer more when there's excess energy. And that itself is a method of storage because it won't have to kick on in the middle of the night because you used your solar during the day to to freeze it. they also said that they also communicated that Bosch is working really, really hard um, in collaboration with Pika to create a DC nano grid for mm-hmm. lighting in how in homes. That's the um, I, this this actually speaks DC to me. Stuff. Yeah, this actually speaks to me because the people that built my house in their infinite wisdom um, put DC 12 volts 
lighting all over the place. But each lighting fixture has its own stupid little transformer. Mm. And they're, they're mm. up there generating heat and are really obnoxious. So I'd love to have a little nano grid. A nano grid is just like, it doesn't extend beyond your walls. It's just, but it's a different voltage. It's not your normal outlet. You know, it took me a while to get a sense for what, uh, how relevant the whole DCAC conversation is. We're going to jump into that shortly. Um, but the bottom line is that, you know, you're able to generate in DC store in DC, consume in DC, and eliminate the losses. So right. this is starting right. that conversation. They're saying this is right around the corner, a lighting solution to integrate to their DC rebus yep. to create that nano grid is happening right about now. Yeah. So that's, And then right down the list, all the other potential appliances. So this is uh, some pretty remarkable stuff. Let's jump right into number two. Yep. I have this beautiful garden of smart technology growing in my home and I'm still trying to water it with a fire hose. <laughs> that was Brian Patterson from Emerge Alliance. I love that quote because it makes so much sense to me. Um, he has, he told me there's like 500 devices he counted, little smart devices. He's got a relatively intelligent smart home. Um, and he's only got 32 outlets, they're all AC. But all the devices run on five volts or less. Most of them, all those devices that you have, like your mobile phone, uh, actually run on less than five volts. It takes five volts to charge it, but it's actually stepping that down again to 3.3 or 1.8 volts uh, internally. Um, so they're, they're very low voltage things. You do not need 120 volts AC to power any of this at 15 amps. I mean, it's a huge amount of power in those outlets. Um, but really, really lovely quote. <laughs> so this is Brian, Brian Patterson of Emerge Alliance, and this organization is basically talking about and kind of a lobbying for the hybridization of the grid. Mm -hmm. And this is related to what we were just talking about before with Pico. These guys are really on the forefront. Right. And so the notion here, you know, where Brian's kind of in the policy side and then Pike is kind of in the implementation side and the design and engineering side. And uh, what, you know, what Brian's talking about here is, hey, you've got, um, you know, this 100, what is it? We got, we got, a, we got this AC uh, coming in that's like a fire hose effectively. It's mm -hmm. all this power. And then your, but your, your, your devices want to consume low voltage DC. Yeah. And you've got all of the more the more things we populate in our houses, you know, the 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 all these different monitors and smart devices and computers. We got there's how many 11 billion computing devices connected to the internet right now yep. and within the next few years, 100 billion he said? 100 billion within the next 5 years. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a huge number at, at that current rate of growth. But you think about it, what he's really talking about is how many of those stupid little connector things that you have that plug into something and how many have you actually gone out to buy like a multiple USB port? chargers because you have too many of those right. silly, little, little, silly little dongles Coming, touch yeah. one They're touch one when it's charging they are wasting heat there that's that's them trying to step it down to a, a level that these devices will accept right <laughs> so we've got these really small devices why power them with massive amounts of energy when they only need small voltages? Exactly. Yeah, there's just exactly. waste everywhere. So yep. now we're talking about decarbonization. We're talking about creating energy at the edge of the grid in our homes with PV. It's like, hey, let's make sure we're, we're doing it the right way so we're not creating wasting the all right of type of energy. Yeah. 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 So, okay, number one. This number is the, one. Uh, Here we go. Well, I think this is Jonas, right? Pools make fantastic batteries. <laughs> this was a, another excellent quote. Um, basically, what he's talking about is this, this is this is Michael Interior of uh, Sundrum from a couple episodes back, episode thirty-one. Um, but pools are filled with water. Water itself is takes a tremendous amount of energy 
to heat or cool. Um, you lose a whole tremendous amount of energy to cool it, but they will accept a huge amount of heat. And it's actually a lot of energy to just raise it a single degree. If you have a 15,000 gallon pool, it takes a tremendous amount of energy to uh, heat that just a single degree. And so if you want it multiple degrees, it's, it's even more. But you can actually take that, um, it's, imagine a system where you could take the heat out of your house and put it into the pool. And it's stored there as a, as a battery. Yeah. And then at night, at night, at night when it's a little chilly, you let the water circulate around again, and you take that heat back out of the pool. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a lovely, beautiful system. It, tr- <laughs> it truly is a, a really really, a really, really intelligent could be. design. Yeah. Um, so that's number one. Really love that quote. Thank you, Michael. Um, yeah, we, we also had a, we also had a bonus round, which I thought was oh, hilarious. Yeah. You wanna, do you want to do that? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'll I'll do yours if you okay. want. This is hilarious. So Josh said. There is no form of policy-driven cronyism that can scale back solar at this stage. That was your quote for the year. <laughs> that was like in, a, in a moment like of eureka in yeah. a chess game with my buddy Lloyd. Yeah. And he goes, wait, write that down. Write that down, you know. And, yeah, uh, yeah that was, uh, that's kind of how I felt at that given moment. Well, what's the context? You really, you really think so? I mean, it's, it sounds like somebody heard you, and they are literally taking aim at that quote <laughs> right now. <laughs> I think it's tough. I think, you gotta, I think you're, you're running uphill if you're trying to fight against solar right now. Oh, absolutely! It's but, coming, but but they're but they're still trying. Eh. Solar. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I right. well, we'll see how it goes. But and then Jason, Jason had a really cool one. I remember this. Uh, it was it was awesome. Tesla made an autonomous car that you cannot drive autonomously autonomously yet. The auto industry built a car that just happens to be electric, and that was uh, when we were understanding a difference between we were out doing the EV tour, basically. We're, yeah, we were out there um, in Northern California, uh, renting a bunch of electric vehicles. If you haven't heard that show, go back there. I think it's uh, seventeen. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. uh, Seventeen or nineteen, one of those. Um, but it was it was just an eye-opening moment for me driving both of the, all the Tesla and the, and the Bolt and everything in rapid succession because they're very different animals. Totally different types very of very different animals. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the um, I, uh, that was I think that was us kind of going. Gee, something just feels weird. I remember thinking, I want to like the Tesla more. Why don't I like it more? I kind of <laughs> like the Bolt. You know, in a way. It's comfortable and familiar. It felt like a car. Yeah, it felt like and a car. And Tesla was like, what am I driving? And what's with this regenerative? Breaking thing and then you're and all these and all this major kind of like display of cars zooming back and forth and I'm like I'm seeing too much stuff here I just want to drive yeah that was the information <laughs> overload that we talked about it was it was a mess yeah. all right okay so well those that's, are our quotes for the year what do you think it's a lot of good stuff I a lot of content like in there. Excellent. So much good stuff. All right. Well, we don't have really have a time for to go into future focus too much. But going over this article, what do you guys think is the, the one the, the one thing you want to see the most out of 2018? Ooh, great well, question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there is an article here, GreenTechMedia.com. They talk about 10 predictions for rooftop solar and storage in 2018. You can check that out if you get a chance and you want to learn about what what people are seeing. You know, these good resource Green Tech Media. Yeah, these great um, guys. I mean, what do I want to see? I want to see more solar put in. I want to see solar put in in a meaningful way. I want to see. Uh, uh, it put in it, it not creating inefficiencies and losses unnecessarily with the I, I want to see the hybridization of the grid realized you know yeah. I want to see decarbonization up and running Mine, <laughs> mine's know? mine's pretty That's easy a big one. yeah mine's pretty easy the number six here smart home energy monitoring systems will continue to fail I've been playing with my smappy, um, <laughs> smappy. I, I, I I was able to install it myself but you may not be able to but um, smart home stuff is still really really difficult to uh, to integrate together I mean they, they, nobody right. talks together and I, and I 
want that to improve. So let's let's take aim at that. And they also mentioned the uh, the the cost of batteries actually plateauing, right? Which is I think interesting. Uh, there was uh, I forget what number that is there in that article, but that's one that we got to be aware of. Yeah. Yeah, that would so, be really interesting. Hey everybody, this has been the Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. Thank you so much for listening in. This is the last show of yep. 2017, gentlemen. Yeah. Happy New Year. Haole makahiki ho. Thank you, Jonah. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a great uh, weekend, folks. Aloha.